1: My man Damon Cotton is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here at Allegiant Stadium. The Shrine Bowl will be kicking off in just a couple hours. A matter of fact, at 5.30 to be exact, kickoff will be here live from Allegiant. Excited about the opportunity to see these young guys that have been here practicing with the Patriots coaching staff, with the Falcons coaching staff, and now they get to see you know, put on what they learned, put that on display tonight for other scouts, other coaches, other GMs, whoever's in the building, to check out what they have. So that's going to be a fun event. Again, it kicks off at 530. Joining us now on the phone lines to talk about what he saw throughout the course of the week here at practice is Nick Cothrell, Charger Reporter, ChargerReport.com, on Twitter at Nick Cothrell. And, Nick, thanks so much for your time, my man. I appreciate you. It was good catching up and seeing you yesterday here at Media Day. and. Let's start with the coaching staffs, man. You had the Patriots on one side, and then you had the Falcons on the other side. From what you were able to see, how how active and how hands-on were these coaching staffs with these players? Yeah, it was really interesting to, to actually
2: kind of see how, how that was unfolding because uh, this is the first year that the East-West Shrine Bowl was able to have full coaching staffs there. So the way they kind of did it was – like for the Falcons, their uh, special team coordinator was kind of like the designated head coach for the event. Um, and same for the Patriots, uh, just so like Bill Belichick and Arthur Smith could kind of be in that form of an advisory type of role. But you could just see like from Bill Belichick, he couldn't help himself, but interject into a drill and, you know, get hands on with the player and, and break down some technique at, you know, after a rep, um, so it's really interesting to kind of see how both teams kind of went about things um, as well as just kind of, you know, drawing from, you know, you always hear about Bill Belichick and just how, how much of, you know, a football guy he really is. And that just kind of further emphasized that point, just the way that he was interacting with the players.
1: Did did you have on the bingo card that uh, Bill Belichick would be involved in reps with jeans on? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I can't I can't say I did. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I you know, I guess to tie things kind of into the Raiders. Uh you know, the, uh uh Josh McDaniels was there when on the final day of practice when when they were uh uh practicing at Raiders HQ, so it was kinda uh cool to just kind of watch off to the side Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels just kind of chit chat.
1: No doubt, no doubt about it. Again, talking to Nick Cuthrell right now on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness, talking about the Shrine Bowl. So when you were watching all the practices, did you see a certain position group that stood out to be, like, the better position group out of the, the other players that were here? Like, did you see the offensive linemen look like they were better than the corners, or, or who really stood out to you the most as far as position groups?
2: I thought it was the wide receiver group. And, okay. um, you know, Vase Flowers is the guy that head, headlines the event, the wide receiver out of Boston College, and, he only practiced one day. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with where his draft stock kind of lies. You know, he's going to be probably end of the first rounder, or early second. Um, so he only practiced on, on day two of the event. Um, he was a guy that obviously popped um, as he was expected to do so. Um, but Wake Forest wide receiver A.T. Perry, he was a guy that, that really showed that, that he kind of belongs in that, like second to third round tier um, that he's kind of been mocked in. He's a guy, you know, he's he's 6'3", he can run, you know, he, he's probably going to run in, like, the 4'4", four so not, like, blazing fast, but plenty fast enough. Um, and then uh, Liberty wide receiver DeMario Douglas, yeah. kind of a small school guy that uh, really, I, I think, made himself some money this week. You know, he, he only measured it at 5'7", and 175 pounds, so definitely a, a smaller guy, but... He, he he brings the juice, and he he's kind of that version of of Isaiah Flowers, really similar skill set, um, where he's smaller but super fast twitch, and was just you know getting open all week throughout practice, and kind of sounds like he he did so well in practice he might even just opt out of the game, so. Wow. Uh, those are kind of, kind of the, the receivers that uh, re- really stood out to me.
1: Yeah, that's major. I mean, if you can if you can practice well enough where you don't have to play in the game, that's I mean, that's a win, win, win every single time. So uh, there you go. That's a name to look out for. Check out Douglas uh, out of Liberty, the wide receiver. Again, Nick Cuthrell, ChargerReport.com is joining us here on Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, Demon back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studios, got one for you.
0: Yeah, you mentioned the practices and being able to see that. But was there any specific drill that stood out to you where you say, hey, this is maybe what NFL scouts – or maybe just caught your eye up, hey, this is going to translate to the next level from seeing a guy perform well in a drill?
2: I would just say, like, the one-on-one drills are definitely, um, from media and from a scout's perspective, are, are really the ones that, that, that draws you in because there's no hiding, right? It's it's you against, against the man in front. So, you know, sometimes when, when they're doing, like, team trade stuff, guys can kind of get lost in the shuffle with, with so many guys in the field moving in different directions. But... You know, like the one on D-line, O-line, receiver, corner, those kind of stood out to me. You can kind of see the guys that really belong, and then some of the guys where, you know, things went a little south on them. So, you know, just those one-on-ones, there's really nowhere to hide. The guys either kind of, you know, show up and and you know beat beat their man, or or the guy getting beat. So,
0: a player that I want to ask you about, because you tweeted about him, B.J. Thompson, right of, excuse me. Jesus, man, I lost the name right there. But B.J. Thompson, <laughs> I was looking right at he it.
1: Said, he said, Jesus, I lost the <laughs> name. Stephen F. Austin, Stephen
0: F. Austin, I was looking at it, and it, it, I lost it right in my eyes. I went it's cross out so right there. Stephen F. Austin, B.J. Thompson, you mentioned about the spin move that he had. So what was it some of those one-on-one drills, are, are the moves that you saw that pass rushers that are coming off the edge were able to succeed with at practice? Yeah, like this, uh,
2: uh, Stephen F. Austin, address for B.J. Thompson specifically, he was the guy that, he came in, and uh, I guess in high school, he actually played corner, and then he made the switch to edge rusher. Uh, he told me this week that he's put on 20 pounds since the end of his college football season to where he's at now. So he's really uh, trying to, to, to beef up, to to stick along the edge. And he's now at 6'5", 230 pounds. So he's kind of that, that guy that is probably a little undersized, at least physically, um, not high, not in height. Um, but he, he really held his own. Um, another guy that I think pro- probably elevated his draft stock, that spin move seemed to be the move that, that he really uh, relied on. But at the end of the day, it was working during one-on-ones. It was, it was really giving tackles problems. Just that spin move paired with, with his speed off the edge, kind of being that lighter guy, he was really able able to move well. So that was something that he really had working
0: for him. And also, when it comes to what you saw from the coaching staffs and being able to have that first-hand on experience with the guys, do you think that some players that maybe they weren't grasping it as well, or that you saw maybe their stock was hurt by how well they they didn't perform in the drills?
2: Yeah, it's tough to tell, right? Because at the same time, like the the coaching staffs are are there to coach up the kids, but you know they're also trying to give them pointers. With all you know, there, there's, there's so, there were so many eyeballs on these prospects that's from all the all the different teams and you know i was talking to some of the players and even they were saying like there is some type of adjustment period from the coaching staff that that they dealt with uh during their days in college to now the nfl coaches you know some some things that they're being asked to do things differently so there's also kind of that adaptation of you know these guys being coachable um and then you know kind of being able to bring that on the field and, and translate that you know pretty quickly
1: Talking with Nick Cuthrell, ChargerReport.com here on radio Nation Radio 920, SA Roughness. I'm here live at Allegiant Stadium. Shrine Bowl is going to be kicking off at 530. Nick was here all week checking out practice. And one guy that I'm interested to talk about is Dorian Thompson-Robinson, DTR from UCLA, the quarterback. I got a chance to catch up with him yesterday. Uh, got another guy from uh, Bruins Report coming on in a little while to talk about him more extensively. But from what you saw from practice from DTR, what did you see?
2: I thought he was the best quarterback there. And, you know, I, I do think that, you know, in in the setting that, that they hold these practices in, they, they kind of ask the quarterbacks to just distribute the ball. Like, you know, DTR's game has to do with him being so mobile and kind of that dual threat. Uh, it seemed like they were asking him to really just be that drop back passer. So I think he could have even looked better. You know, DTR's kind of more of that guy where he's going to perform better in a, in a game. Um, you know, operating off of a game script and being able to really, really flash his legs than just being the traditional pocket style quarterback. But he he was the best quarterback there in my opinion, and re- really a, a good week of practice for him uh, could do him wonders. As you know, from his career at UCLA, just kind of watching you know off in a distance, it seemed like he he had um, improved each and every year that he was a four year starter at UCLA. I did see uh, his game in person actually uh, when they played Washington this year, and he he was certainly a guy that uh, that that caught my attention. Just his dual threat ability, and and as well as just his his arm strength that 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 seemed to really be progressing. I think he he could be a guy that's you know probably not going to be a starter right away, but if you put him in the right system, whether it's a, a Baltimore or you know just a system where where it allows the the quarterbacks to use their legs. I think he could definitely thrive.
1: You know, I I wanted to ask you about the four year starter because you know you don't always see that. How important do you think that is that he was the four year starter? He has all that football experience. It might not be NFL experience, yeah. but he's got that football experience under his belt.
2: I think I think it showed like because like I was saying like throughout his college career, each season he, his numbers got better. He looked he just looked better and more confident as a passer. So. I think that, that definitely played a, played a part in, you know, ha- having that experience. You're learning in college versus kind of being, you know, thrown into the fire in the NFL. That, that's got to be something I'd imagine that, that these coaches and scouts are, are, are weighing into the evaluations, knowing that, you know, this guy's played a lot of football. So that that should be uh, something that's, that's probably going to weigh into his draft stock, just knowing that, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson's played a lot of ball in his day.
0: I know we're here talking about the Shrine Bowl, but I got to ask you about the Chargers' new offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore. What are, what should we expect? You know, I know this is a big move. Everybody's thinking that, hey, this guy, he could have be, been a head coach a couple of years, but Dallas lets him go, and now the Chargers pick him up. What should we expect with what he can do now? It's
2: going to be interesting. It's, it's tough to exactly have a gauge on, on what we're going to expect, but... Uh... You know, the the Chargers specifically, Brandon Saley had emphasized, you know, at the end of the season wanting to kind of marry the run game to the pass game. Chargers finished bottom five and being able to run the ball. Uh, Their offensive line in run blocking was was the worst graded um, O-line, according to PFF. So, like, that's an area that they really need to take that up a notch. And Tala Moore and having his introduction press conference yesterday really, really really spoke about that, and he was a guy in Dallas, being able to bring in, you know, the, the Tony Pollard's of the world and match him with Ezekiel Elliott and kind of create that, that two-headed monster that Dallas w- was able to provide, which ultimately opens up the passing game. So I think that's really going to kind of be the Chargers' vision. I think you could see Austin Eckler work into that Tony Pollard type of role, and then, you, um, you know, Ezekiel Elliott kind of filled that that, that short yardage type of role um, at least the last, like, two years. So I think that could, you're going to see some type of version of that uh, but at the end of the day, once they get that run game going and kind of bring things into a little bit of a more balanced attack, where you're not having to be, sh- where the Chargers aren't having to be so reliant just on Justin Herbert to drop back 40, 50 times a game, I think uh, the offense could could return to form like they did uh, two years ago.
1: Nick, before we let you go, I wanted to ask about uh, we got a text about uh, Iowa State defensive end Will McDonald. If you had a chance to check him out throughout the course of the practice week, if you did, what were your thoughts on him?
2: You know, I do have to say, Q, I, I, he was not a guy that, that stood out to me, but I was also kind of looking, you know, p- position. Um, in particular, I was kind of looking for some of the Chargers, you know, positions of need in their six uh, Yeah. But he, he was he was not a guy that I was exactly keen in on.
1: All right. Well, okay, let me ask you this before we let you go. Was there anyone that stood out that you were kind of surprised? You were like, hold on, I need to, I need to go back and do a little bit more research on this guy. Like, he just really kind of wowed you.
2: Uh, I would say Florida, uh, the Florida safety Trey Dean. Uh, The third day of practice, he had two interceptions, one being a pick six. Um, And he just seemed like a a guy for a pretty big guy, pretty big safety. I'm not exactly sure what he measured in at, but his length and and change of direction uh, skills uh, was, was definitely something that jumped out. Could see him being kind of like a, a safety that at the next level that they deploy, and kind of like a nickel roll as well as a guy that they try to use as like a tight end stopper. Just being able to to be so good in coverage, but you know also has that big physical presence. He's a guy that kind of caught my eye that you know I wasn't so sure about going into it.
1: There you go. Fantastic stuff, man. Well, I definitely appreciate you. Like I said, it was great catching up with you for a few minutes yesterday at media day. It's always good. Uh, what do you got coming out, man? Chargerreport.com that maybe we should be on the lookout for.
2: Yeah. Just these uh, some, some more draft content, you know, as we, as we make our way and then, you know, uh, free agency, you know, a little over a month away, but, uh, just the off, the off season schedule that you know is, uh, the NFL season. So, uh, that's what we got going down the line and, uh, It's cool to catch up with you, and uh, thanks for having me on.
1: Absolutely, my man. I appreciate you as always. We'll be talking soon. All right, see you, All right, my man. There he goes. Nick Cutthrell, ChargerReport.com on Twitter at Nick Cutthrell. Good stuff right there. Shrine, Shrine Bowl, he was at practice all week long. I wasn't able to get to practice every, each and every day. A couple times I meant to go out there, and then it was super cold out when they were practicing at UNLV, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to happen. So uh, be able to catch up with someone that was there and spend some quality time, I definitely appreciate that. And, of course, I get to see the game this evening uh, when it kicks off at 530. 319 is the time. I know we got a lot of calls lined up. We'll get to them. We'll also around 330. We'll call the winner of the Hall of Fame party that's going on Friday night, the grand prize winner. But we got a lot of time to get some calls and texts, and we'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920.
0: You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio.
1: Live at Allegiant Stadium, Shrine Bowl game kicks off at 530. Tickets still available. ShrineBowl.com. Come by Allegiant Stadium, get hooked up. Tickets are as low as $19. You can see these guys before they become stars and you can tell those stories like we say hey man I remember this guy when he played in the Shrine Bowl back in Allegiant Stadium and now he's a second round pick, a first round pick or he's starting in a playoff game like in the case of Brock Purdy right who ended up being a seventh round pick. Mr. Irrelevant they say. Not Mr. Irrelevant anymore. My man went out there and did a hell of a job until he got injured in that game against the Eagles but it started right here at the Shrine Bowl. It started at Iowa State but it started here at the Shrine Bowl where he really put on and uh, you know, made himself made himself known to coaches and, and scouts, and ended up getting getting drafted, and it went a long way. So shout out to Brock Purdy, and shout out to everyone who competes in the Shrine Bowl, and everyone who's going to compete in the Senior Bowl as well. Or he the could other, the goat. and the other, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Tom Brady, Tom Brady was was also a Shrine Bowl guy. Darren Waller was also a Shrine Bowl guy. Tyquan Thornton last year, second round draft pick. Skyler Thompson played for Miami. He was the Shrine Bowl guy. There's plenty of guys out there. Lawrence Taylor, Shrine Bowl guy. Nate Burleson, Shrine Bowl guy. Matter of fact, he's going into the Shrine Bowl Hall of Fame. I mean, there's just a lot of quality NFL players came from this very game that we'll see this evening here at Allegiant Stadium. So if you're not doing anything, come on out, check it out. You know, enjoy Allegiant Stadium and enjoy some football action on this Thursday night. Uh do want to go ahead and uh, hit the the phone lines, 702-365-9200. Getting your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers as I believe that the team needs to be competitive. The Raiders need to do whatever they can. Obviously, you don't want to get too extreme. If Green Bay is playing hardball and they're trying to get, you know, just a, something unrealistic as far as, uh, you know, draft capital or draft capital and multiple players, then, I mean, at some point you have to have discipline and say, no, I just, I'll have to do something else. And that's okay. But I think that that's the best realistic option for the team to try to be competitive for at least the next couple of years. And they can still work on, the rest of the team, they can still work on uh, grooming a young quarterback or, or trying to to find a guy who could be the quarterback of the future, but have a, t- a chance to compete and be really good now. So that's that's my thoughts. But we'd love to hear from you seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. How about Troy in L.A.? Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man?
3: First time caller, Q. But uh, I'll first I'll I'll take that Super Bowl any day, one day, anytime. it comes. <laughs> been a been a long, long time, man. Uh, but you know, uh, the truth of it is. Um, defense it starts with defense uh doesn't matter if rogers gets here or not i'd I, obviously uh if that defense is improved and much much improved then we can talk about rogers now get getting to that conversation thank god that we do unfortunately have that seventh pick because it is and without that uh it would cost us more to get rogers so i'm leaning towards if i had to make that call uh, i would make that call and uh, and trade rogers and of course you know, I'm not a pathologist and understand the dynamics of the financial stuff, but, uh, you know, you got a premium player and he, if he is the only available, of course, Josh Allen, all these guys are not going to be traded in like Mahomes. Right. I would definitely pull that trigger. Now, lastly, I want to comment on this, uh, being on your mama's lap at uh, 40, uh, uh five year old, eight year old, you surely showed your maturity, uh, being a lot three years younger than that man. So, uh, I appreciate you humbling <laughs> yourself and, uh, with a, with a very mature uh, respond the way you did and apologize.
1: I appreciate you, Q. Bye. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for the call. appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, man, this this whole thing with the salary cap, and I know that the number is extreme, believe me, when you look at what Aaron Rodgers is going to get paid. But we had the caller earlier, Paul, from Temecula, was like, look, but the salary cap goes up every single year. And we all know, Damon, that the gymnastics that these teams know how to do and manipulate the cap and all that other stuff, I mean, they do it every year. So I've always said, if you can, if you want a guy, you can keep a guy, right? It's just teams that choose not to keep a guy. That's all.
0: Yeah. What was it? I don't know if it was last offseason season or the season before that that Taysom Hill. It looked like he had a hundred million dollar deal, <laughs> right? When in actuality, it right. wasn't the case at all,
1: right? I mean, we're, look, the Saints were what fifty million dollars over the cap last off season. Mm-hmm. They got under it, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> they somehow
0: made away, <laughs> right. and they were like, what a game or two away from winning that division.
1: Right, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, you know, I, I, we look at the money and we do know it's extreme. And it's like, wow, that's a lot. And I'll be the first to admit that. But even sometimes I let that get, you know, kind of cloud the vision and realize, like, you know what? This cap keeps going up. The money is ridiculous, and these guys all find ways if they want to find a way. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. A lot of good stuff there. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines, talk to our guy, uh, Raider Dane. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, my man? Yeah,
4: thanks for having me on. Just real quick, I agree with you about Aaron Rodgers. You know, I thought the whole point of moving on from Derek Carr was find an upgrade so he could compete in the AFC West. Right. Um, to me – to me, you know, you look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the three years before they acquired Tom Brady, they went five and eleven, five and eleven, seven and nine. They took a, you know, they pick up a forty-two-year-old Tom Brady, and what happened? They went to the Super Bowl. They won the division three years in a row. And yeah, now granted, they're in a tough spot, right? The, the, um, that team right now, they're not in a great space um, cap-wise. You know, by some players. But I challenge anyone out there who's talking about, you know, um, short-term, you know, victory versus long-term. Any Tampa Bay fan, if they would take back the three years in the Super Bowl, you know, in lieu of where they're at now, just because they're in a tough spot, of course not. You know, they're ecstatic to have gotten the Super Bowl and three division championships out of a 42 year old Tom Brady, but somehow Raider fans are upset at the idea of, but you know, potentially getting something like that with Aaron Rodgers. It makes no sense to me. And then my last point is, it seems like if the ones who don't want Aaron Rodgers are all in on like the C.J. Stroud type, which is fine. But, you know, they're, they're against Aaron Rodgers because you have to potentially give up draft picks to acquire him. But there's no guarantee that the Raiders wouldn't have to give up draft picks to, to get a C.J. Stroud. There are quarterback-hungry teams out there, even ones in the draft above the Raiders, who may be interested in Stroud. And moving up, especially at the top of the first round, is not cheap. There's a very real possibility that the Raiders would have to give up draft picks to get C.J. Stroud. He may not be there at seven. That, that's what I got for you.
1: Hey, good stuff. Good stuff. Appreciate you, my man. And, yeah, that's the thing about it. Uh, I I, I talked about that the other day where if they move up, because I'm not guaranteeing that C.J. Stroud's going to be there at 7. I honestly don't believe it. And uh, let me say this, too. I don't even know if C.J. Stroud's the guy. That's just the guy that I prefer, right? That doesn't mean that that's the guy that's going to be the answer, right? He's just the guy that I prefer. I know a lot of Raider Nation likes Will Levitt's better. And, of course, everyone likes Bryce Young, but his size is always going to be a question. But moving up. They're at seven right now. Just for S's and giggles, say they have to move up to number three. You're giving up a lot, right? You're, I mean, you're giving up your number seven overall pick, obviously. That's a swap. But then you're giving up at least your second-round pick, uh, probably two, uh, two third rounds if you have that, whatever. You're giving up probably at least four picks to make up that that draft capital and the draft number that we always talk about. The, the, the number seven pick is worth 1,500 points, and say the number one pick is worth 3,000. So you, you're somewhere in the middle. You've got to not only make up that draft capital points, point spread, but you also have to do better by it. So if you're moving up to number three, the article that I was reading, and I don't know where it's at right now, it was about four draft picks that you have to give up to be able to move up just a couple spaces, right? So it's it's, it's, uh, it's, it's like you're down if you do, you're down if you don't, right? You're going to do something uh, unless you just hope to God that he falls to you at number seven, or you just sit there and, and are comfortable with whatever happens. Maybe all the quarterbacks are gone by number seven. You say, you know what? The best defensive player is here. It's all good. And that could be the case, too. That could be the way that the, the Raiders could decide to go. They could say, hey, you know what? We're not in love with any of those quarterbacks. We like them. We respect their talent. But that's not really the guy that we think is going to lead us into the future. So we'll roll with Stidham, and we'll see what happens at number seven, and we'll just pick the best player available. That's a, that's an avenue that, that's a very realistic option, right? We're just talking about at some point you got to figure out the quarterback position. And I like what Jerry Stidham did for the two-game sample size, but I don't think if you look at the body of the AFC West, I don't think you're really legit competing in the AFC West with Jarrett Stidham's going in as your starting quarterback versus Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Russell Wilson that's now being coached up by Sean Payton. And I might be wrong. That's just my thoughts on it. Let's get another call in real quick. 702-365-9200. Earn, you're up next. What's on your mind, dude?
2: What up, Bubba? Hey, man, I uh, just want to say, um, you know, I'm, I'm listening at the Aaron Rodgers thing and saying forget that. I'm telling you right now, man, Raiders need to roll with what they got. Got to pretty much let it go for next year, and you got to draft Caleb Williams out of USC. You got re, to rekindle that fire. You got to bring in somebody real that's going to electrify the, the fans and bring them into the seats, man, but Aaron Rodgers not it. You know it. Come on, man. The Raiders have way too many holes, and it's just a mess if you get him. He's a, he's a prima donna. He doesn't
5: really seem that interested to play. He's going to get to Vegas and just lose his mind. I'm telling you, man, 0-17, fire McDaniels, and get Caleb Williams. Peace out.
1: <laughs> All right, there he goes, Earn or Raider Earn or whatever the name is this week. Uh, definitely appreciate that, my man. 0-17, I don't think anyone wants to see that, and I don't think that this team is going 0-17. I really don't see it. Just like I don't think they're going 17-0. and 0. So, um, okay, that's an that's a, that's a interesting uh, take there. Uh, appreciate it. Stove, you're up next.
5: All right, the biggest breaking news of today is that the hardest working man in radio didn't go to a practice because it was too cold outside? <laughs> I mean, every time I turn on the radio, you're on a different show, and you didn't go outside because it was too cold?
1: Yep. <laughs> hey, man, your name is Stove, right? That means, you're, that means you're hot. That means you're staying warm. I ain't trying to be cold, man. I'm still a bruh. <laughs> How dare you give that type of ammunition to DeMond? If he, if he doesn't bring you
5: every 10 minutes, he's not doing his job. Oh, that's all I gotta say.
0: All right, right. Stove, you got <laughs> it.
5: <laughs> uh, here's the thing. It was a year ago this this time that I live in Denver, and, and the Denver sports world was going crazy because they had stolen Russell Wilson from from the Seattle Seahawks. Yep. How is that looking a year later? Not right? good. No, <laughs> there's there's not a person in the Rocky Mountains who's happy with that trade. So, uh, do I believe Aaron Rodgers is Russell Wilson? No, I mean I'd love to roll the dice on Russell on on Aaron Rodgers, but if it's going to cost us that seventh pick, that's a real problem, and and I am not comfortable with that. The part of this equation that that I'm, I'm I got a little bit of a beef with you here, Q, okay. is that you're down on Jimmy G, and 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 no, he is not a huge upgrade from Derek Carr. But he is an upgrade. The man has won in the playoffs. The man has led a team. The man knows Josh McDaniel's system. And more than likely, he will cost half as much as as Derek Carr would next year, which would give us a chance to build a team around him. If we go into next year with Jimmy G and we go into next year with Stidham, that quarterback combination can be can be a winning combination in in the afc i'm not i'm not predicting super bowl but between the two of them they can turn this offense into what could have easily been an 11 win team this year based on everything else that took place and and the and the guy that keeps coming to mind for me when it comes to jimmy g is rich gannon when the raiders traded for rich gannon he was nobody the quarterback took him under his wing, turned him into an MVP. Jim Plunkett came to the Raiders, and he was uh, a failed Heisman Trophy number one overall pick. And the Raiders, with Plunkett, won two Super Bowls. So I, I don't know why you're so down on Jimmy G. I am a completely agree with you that the best, avi- uh, what is it, the best ability is availability. Yep. I get that. Give me a chance with Jimmy G and, and Jared Stidham, and let's draft defense and go-, go and kick some ass in the AFC West.
1: Okay, sounds good. I appreciate the call, Stove. Good stuff, man. And, look, I I could be wrong, right? I'm just rolling with what I feel, right? But I understand the argument, and I know the win-loss record for Jimmy G. I also know what I saw firsthand when I was sitting in Miami for the Super Bowl and he overthrew Emmanuel Sanders. And it's funny, we had Vinny on earlier talking about Jimmy G, and he said if uh, Jimmy G was on the 49ers, would they be as good? I'll tell you this, if Derek Carr had been on the 49ers when he made that throw to Emmanuel Sanders, I bet you the Niners are Super Bowl champions. I bet you Derek Carr would have hit that pass. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't know. I just, I've never been a big Jimmy G guy, but a lot of it has to do with availability. So you might be right, and I could be absolutely wrong. And if I am, I have, you know me. I have no problem coming out and saying that I was wrong. That's, that's one thing I'm not going to do is uh, worry about being right or wrong. So, uh, you know, who knows how much it's going to cost. I know everyone keeps talking about it's going to cost half as much. How do you know that? Right? He might end up costing $40 million himself because it's, it, it's, it's supply and demand. You know, and so if Aaron Rodgers just say Aaron Rodgers goes to I don't know, like the Jets, or maybe he just stays in Green Bay. Let's just let's just call it that. He stays in Green Bay. All of a sudden, maybe the Raiders are bidding for him. Maybe the Jets are bidding for him, maybe the Panthers are bidding for him. All of a sudden you get two or three teams, your price keeps going up and up and up, and then the same thing's gonna happen. Dave Ziggler's gonna say, Well, I'm not comfortable paying that because I do believe the one thing I do believe about Dave Ziggler is that he's very disciplined. He's gonna set an amount that he's willing to spend and that's it. And I think he's gonna do the same thing if he were to try to trade for for the for Aaron Rodgers. I think that he would do the same exact thing. Like this is what we're willing to give up, and not anything more. And if this ain't gonna get it done, then done deal. Records. That's that's just what I I believe. But we'll see. And, and you know maybe the whole thing is like you guys, like everyone's saying, is just go ahead and 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 ride with Stidham. You know maybe draft a a young guy to sit behind him, build a team up, and go from there. I, I mean I I'd, I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. I just don't think that that makes the team very competitive in 2023. So, you can't have it all. You can't have a super competitive team that goes and wins it or has a chance to win the AFC West. Or you can't have a team that's just all of a sudden going to try to build. Like, I mean, it can't be both. Right? I mean, you can slowly build while you have a competitive guy with a quarterback position. But, if you know, like like a lot of folks have said, don't want to give up uh, any of the, the assets in the draft capital. So, it's 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 either or I guess. I guess you got to make a decision on what you prefer. I like I said, my feeling is that this team needs to be competitive. But maybe maybe they've got assurances that they don't have to be. Maybe they can maybe Mark Davis has told them, "Hey, you know what? Just keep on building. We'll be very patient with you." Maybe. I don't know. 3.39 is the time. Thank you for those calls, though. Good stuff. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm not a big fan of cold, but, Stove, you're in Colorado, so you're already used to it. You're accustomed, man. You're good. <laughs> I appreciate you. Coming up next, we'll get to some more calls. We'll get to some more texts. But also, before we do any of that, to want to reach out to the winner of the Hall of Fame party that's going on Friday night. A bunch of gold jackets are going to be in the building, and we're going to send somebody that listens to Radio Nation Radio 920 there as well. We'll do that next here on Radio Nation Radio 920 live from Allegiant Stadium.
0: Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q.
1: We're here at Allegiant Stadium preparing for the Shrine Bowl. 530 is when it kicks off. The doors are open right now. It's actually really nice outside. The sun is shining in right through the door. It's shining a little bit. My man Mateo's sitting here. he got his shades on. He's, you know, feeling good about himself. The Raider Image official store is open. Not trying to be funny, but you can get a Derek Carr jersey for 50% off. I'm really not trying to be funny, but I can see it from here. So that's the only reason I say it. There's a lot of things going on here, and everyone's kind of preparing and getting ready. You can hear them test, test, testing in the back. It almost feels like we're at Allegiant Stadium on a game day. DeMond, you know how we did it throughout the course of the regular season. It feels like the calm before the storm. I heard the rehearsal for the national anthem earlier. Right, I mean, it's just—it feels like that. It's just going to be a smaller scale than what it normally was throughout the course of the regular season. But man, any opportunity we had to be here at Allegiant Stadium is awesome. It almost feels like a home away from home for me. So I, I love being here, man.
0: Well, you do spend a lot of time there, but I've got to ask you, Q. You said it's fifty percent off, but how much is fifty percent off?
1: Hey, look, I don't I mean, know. <laughs> would,
0: would you also, if someone gave that to you as a gift and you knew it was half off, would you still take it? Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, I would take anything that someone gave me for a gift. All I right. mean, it doesn't mean that I got to put it on a rocket. <laughs> I, I honestly haven't worn jerseys anymore. I haven't bought a jersey since uh, the last, what was I, buy a Khalil it the Mack Cleo Mac one? Yeah, the Khalil Mack <laughs> jersey. After he got traded, I was jaded, and I was like, okay, I'll never buy a jersey again. And then I was gifted a Josh Jacobs jersey. Because I did say if I was going to buy a jersey, what would it be? A Josh Jacobs. And so for my birthday, I received a Josh Jacobs jersey. And that used to be my good luck charm that I sat on the end of the couch uh, when I was back in Texas. I'd sit on, the, back of the, or on the, the front of the couch before the game. That would be my, my ritual. And so that was kind of what I do. So I have that Josh Jacobs jersey hanging in the closet, and then I have a customized jersey. It's a twenty-four because twenty-four is my number. Shout out to C Wood, and it just has your boy Q on the back. So there's that. But those for everything else, man, I don't, I don't, I don't rock jerseys anymore, man. Mm-hmm. The, I like the kiss of death. As soon as I buy a jersey, it's like they're on their way out the door. So I don't want to be that guy. So, but yeah, I mean, man, you're, that's just being polite. You know, if someone gives you a gift, you take it. You know, our neighbors across the street from us. It's so funny. Because being, being the the radio dude, it's, and and so, you know, I don't really talk to a whole lot of our neighbors because in our neighborhood, it's like everyone just goes to work and then bounces, so really no one's ever outside that often. But we do have some neighbors across the street that are really cool. Well, everything that they have, they were about to move, but they changed their mind and decided not to move. So they had a bunch of stuff that was like Raiders related, like paper plates and some coasters, and, some, and they were all brand new, and they're like, oh, I got an idea. Let's give this stuff to the guy across the street. He's a, you know, he's a Raider guy. <laughs> so everything Raider related that they had in the house, they just brought over to the house one night. I'm at the house working, all of a sudden you hear the doorbell ring. You know, I get when, they, when I don't expect company. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on, man, who's who's ringing the door? Yeah, who's for not everybody that
0: doesn't know, Q's like the neighborhood watch, apparently. I am. Oh yeah. Oh hey man, I'm Solo's on it.
1: neighborhood watch. No, no, I'm on it, dog. Uh, like I know what's going on in the neighborhood. I'm, I am the eyes in the sky. But, uh, yeah, so they came to the house one night, and I, I told the wife, I said, wait a minute, hold, were you expecting someone? She's like, no. I asked little Sarah, you expecting someone? No. All right, man, let me go ahead and be uh, top flight security of the world. So I went to the door, and it was a neighbor with a bunch of Raider stuff that she gave us, and so there was that. But the other day, T- T- Mon, I, 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 wa- I I was driving into the garage, and there was a Jeep that was driving. I'm always that guy that looks in the rearview mirror, too. My, my dad always taught me to keep my eyes in the mirrors, So I, I always look in the rearview mirror, and I saw this Jeep had been behind me for a while. So I took a, a lap up the street the opposite way, so it didn't go towards the house. And they were behind me, and then I kind of went towards the house, and they were still behind me. I was like, all right, this is a little suspect. So then I pulled into the driveway, and I got out, and I'm just kind of watching. <laughs> And apparently the lady thought I had ordered some kind of – it was some lady. I felt bad afterwards because she thought I had ordered something, and she was looking for the address, and it was the wrong street. So, yeah, there's that.
0: <laughs> I mean, it, it could have been worse. I thought you would say, I got out of the car, and then I said, what's up?
1: No, I mean, because I was like, well, why is this person still behind me? Like, what's the problem? What's the what's the issue? And comes to find out uh, the lady thought that I had ordered something, and I was leading her to the – I don't know. It was really weird. But it was it was not the right house. Let's just put it like that, so – There's that. Anyway, enough about me and my neighborhood watch type uh, activities that I have. How about we give away some prizes, man? We've been getting folks in to win uh, this great party, uh, this Pro Bowl Hall of Fame type party. Charles Woodson's going to be at it. Shannon Sharp's going to be at it. Warren Moon is hosting it. JT the Brick is going to be there. It's Friday night. You don't want to miss it. We've been getting folks Raider swag, which is getting you in to win. Well, now's the big payoff, right? Now's the opportunity to get hooked up with the grand prize. So let's go ahead and, and we got that number. I pass it on to you on the break. DeMond, go ahead and make that call, my man. Hello? Hey, is this Marcelo? This is Marcello. Marcelo, what's happening, man? How you doing? Doing great. You doing great. What you doing today, man? You getting in trouble? What you doing riding around town? What are you doing? Exactly. I need you to wake <laughs> up, man. You sound like you're sleeping. Oh, I just got a sore throat. Well, I, I, <laughs> I went out drinking last night too, so you know, hey. Ah, uh, okay. So, so you're doing. You're you're a little you're a little sleepy. You went out drinking last night. Well, I'm gonna need you to sober up. I'm gonna need you huh? to get excited. I'm gonna need you to rest up oh, yeah. tonight because on Friday night. You are going to the Hall of Fame party, the 20th annual Pro Bowl Hall of Fame party. Warren Moon, Shannon Sharp, Charles Woodson, and many other gold jackets are going to be in the building. So I'm going to need you to be on your A game, man.
2: Oh, you better believe it. I'm not going to drop no men games, you know, (laughs) uh, like the Ron does, you know? (laughs)
1: You can't you can't throw Demond under the bus like that. But no, man, congratulations. We uh we appreciate you listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. We're hooking you up with this grand prize. It's going to be a hell of an event, man. So we're excited for you. But I can't have you sounding like you're tired, and I can't have you sounding like your throat hurts and 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 you're having a hangover or something. I need you if you're going to represent the station, you've got to really represent.
2: Oh, oh, you better believe it, you know. You tell me what to do there, I'll get in character. I'll be my own game as well, and you better believe it, you know.
1: All right. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. The only thing I need you to do is go there, have a great time. Uh, again, like I said, I appreciate you listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, and uh, like I said, go represent have a good time, my man.
2: Most definitely.
1: There he goes right there. I need my man to wake up, be on his A game. Demar, man, he threw you under the bus, though. He threw you straight under the bus.
0: I don't know why. I mean – you don't? Know? No. Who he, is he going to be trying to Mac at the Hall of Fame party? <laughs> <I> <laughs> my mean, game's got nothing to do.
1: <laughs> I mean, look, you're at the Hall of Fame party, so I'm assuming that there's going to be some um, Hall of Fame talent there? Yes. <laughs> that, was a great way to, that was a great way to word it. Some Hall of Fame talent will definitely be in the building, my man. I'm not mad at that at all, but uh, congratulations to Marcelo, who just got hooked up with a pair of tickets to go to this star-studded affair, uh, something that like I said, JT's gonna be at, and I'm sure that they're gonna, he's gonna have a great time, and Marcelo will as well, and we definitely appreciate him listening to Radio Nation Radio 920. We also gave out, uh, a, a pair of tickets on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas as well. So send a couple different listeners and, and a group of listeners to this party going on Friday night. Let's go ahead and hit the text line before we get to our our next hour. We're going to kick off the top of the 4 o'clock hour with Michael Regalato. Uh, he's the UCLA beat writer for Bruin Report. He'll talk all things DTR. Dorian Thompson Robinson, uh, he's a Las Vegas product, went to Bishop Gorman, also went to UCLA, four-year starter. I think he has an opportunity to be drafted a little bit later on. And, and, and sit behind a guy and, and learn. And if he works out to be a, a starter moving forward, great. If he ends up being a, a really glorified backup and, and, you know, go in there and, and do some things, that's good too. But he's definitely going to be in the league. He's definitely got a lot of talent, and uh, he's been here all week at the Shrine Bowl. He'll be playing on this field at Allegiant Stadium tonight. Matter of fact, he said he, when he told, talked to me yesterday, he said he had about 100-something uh, friends and family that will be here checking him out. So I know that, that just let that alone Will be a dream come true for that young man. But let's go ahead and hit the text line real quick at 69187, keyword R&R. Vegas Pete said, DeMond, this is what Q puts on before he leaves the house and the alarm goes off. It's below 50 and he goes back to bed. Just kidding. So there you go. Um, That's from Vegas Pete. Uh, The 707 said, when the organization decided to get rid of Carr, they increased the potential that they won't be competitive next season. McDaniels could have solved all this by finding a way to keep Carr happy and playing well, but I guess it's still his way or the highway, just like it was in Denver. That's from the 707. Cucamonga Raiders said, what's up, guys? The last time I tuned in, Gangster Raider didn't want us to be the Rams. My brother's been a Rams fan his whole life and black sheep of the family. Let me tell you this. He was not complaining this year after, this, after their last season. Why? Because they held up the Lombardi last year. Another thing, I think us Raider fans deserve to be a little selfish, especially the ones who have never seen them hold up a Lombardi. I'm 38 with zero Lombardies. I want at least to see one in my lifetime. That's Cucamonga Raider. Also got a text from the Five and Dime. Jimmy G is a downgrade. Rodgers is an upgrade. How is anyone thinking otherwise? I'm with you on these quarterback evaluations, Q. If trading back is hard to do at seven, we got to ask why that is. It's because there's not too, too much talent there, and similar ceilings are available at 15 to 20. If so, trade the seven for Rodgers. Theoretically high value for a practically high value guy. That's from the Five and Dime. Uh, also got a text <clears throat> from East Bay Raider Gray. For all the Jimmy G lovers out there, why is Shanahan getting rid of him? Why did Kyle say today that Jimmy will not be coming back to the Niners, which is the second year in a row he said that? I mean, and, and to East Bay Raider Gray's point, and this is not just because it kind of goes with my thinking as well, but why did they give up all that draft capital to go up and get Trey Lance? Right? I, and I know that didn't work out. He hasn't done anything either, but why, why were they so adamant about moving up to go get Trey Lance? Because they wanted someone better, right? They wanted a difference maker that they didn't feel like Jimmy G was. Right? They gave him a boatload of money when they traded for him and got him, got him from New England. But obviously they decided that there's a reason why they were ready to trade up and go get Trey Lance. Uh, Just when Wendy said, I'm good with Aaron Rodgers. Want to win now. Trade Waller. I hate to say that because I love him. And a 2023 later round draft pick for Rodgers. I'll probably change my mind next week. That's Just Win Wendy. You know, to her credit, though, that would be interesting if Dave Ziegler could say, look, this guy's got $60 million that we got to pay. That's a lot of money. How about I give you a second a second and a third round pick? Or remember remember when the Raiders pulled the move and traded for Antonio Brown? Obviously it didn't work out. I was shocked that they were able to get away with the third and a fifth. But they did. And I, I was very surprised. I thought Pittsburgh was like, "No, there's no way that, you know, they're going to that, that that they would have given him up for anything less than, you know, at least a second. But they were able to get a give away a third and a fifth to get him. And of course they had to give him a contract extension and like I said, I know it didn't work out. But what if Dave Ziegler was able to hustle something where it's like a second and a third or a second and a fourth or something like that, where maybe, maybe the first-round pick doesn't come into play? I mean, I don't know. I'm just assuming that it would start with the first-round pick because it's Aaron Rodgers and he's going to be a Hall of Famer. But would that, I mean, would that be possible? I wish I knew that for a fact. I know when we talked to Vinny, he said it would cost at least the first-round pick, which is what I kind of – that's where my beliefs are. But until it actually happens – who knows? And the worst that can happen, this is the beauty of the, of this. The worst that could happen is Green Bay can say no. If the Raiders say, hey, this is what we got for you, this is what we're willing to give up for Aaron Rodgers, we'll take him off your hands right now for this, the worst that the Packers could say is no. That's the way I've always lived my life with everything I've done. I'll ask, I'll ask, I'll ask because I know at the end of the day, nobody could do anything but say no, Q. No. <laughs> it ain't going to hurt me. It's, you don't get fed if you don't if you don't ask, right? Three fifty six at the time. Uh, definitely appreciate all the feedback. We'll get to some more calls and texts. But coming up next, Mike Regalado, UCLA beat writer, Bruin report. He'll join us to talk all things DTR. That's Dorian Thompson Robinson. This is Nation Radio nine twenty.